Chapter Twenty One of Zophlia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Zophlia by Charlotte Dacker. Chapter Twenty One with unshrinking soul and eye abashed by the consciousness of guilt victoria joined at supper the innocent family circle the high blush of animation flushed her dark cheek with more than usual fire her eyes sparkled but it was with a fiend-like exultation and her nerves seemed new strung for the execution of her dreadful purpose Berenza rejoiced at her appearance and little surmising the cause approached in the fullness of his heart to embrace her she returned it impatiently and pushing him from her surveyed him with a kind of half smile from head to foot the unconscious Berenza mistook it for the embrace of eager love repent and past coldness and the accompanying action for supportive gaiety only but it was not so victoria hastily embraced him from the cruel reflection that he would not long have the power of soliciting these marks of an affection that she felt not nor had the hated task of granting them in pushing him from her but she yielded to an overpowering impulse of the hatred which possessed her bosom while gazing on him with a smile she consoled herself with the thought how soon he would cease to be at supper she could not forbear sometimes casting her ardent eyes upon henrique anticipating future delight while his were fixed as usual upon the blooming fairy lilia but her victoria now regarded only with contempt from the suggestion that she was an atom too easily bed to cause a moment's painful thought yet she failed not to pay attention to all and the vivacity of her manner the brilliance of her wit attracted as it was wont to do the pleased admiration of all towards her come my life cried the enraptured berniza raising the glass to his lips here's to thy happiness and the success of thy every wish drink all of you the same he added looking round the table every one obeyed and drank to the happiness of her who in that moment meditated their destruction and now she cried playfully it is my turn and taking two goblets off the table she flew to a recess at the end of the saloon where wines and ices set out upon a small marble table l them to the brim with vino crete and infusing into the glass that had been hers is small quantity of the poison which instantly incorporated itself with the wine and disappeared 
she returned to the supper table with well-dissembled innocent supportiveness and exclaimed fill your glasses all round all obeyed again and held their glasses in their hands here bernza is my glass she cried drink from it as i will drink from yours to the speedy fulfilment of our wishes the fatal toast was drunk and to the speedy fulfilment of our wishes echoed round the table while the devoted rerun whose only wish was the gratification of victoria drank eagerly to promote it the first draught of death and looking tenderly upon her exclaimed to the speedy fulfilment of thy wishes thus emphatically calling on his own destruction victoria smiling fixed her eyes upon him in a few moments she imagined he turned pale he passed his hand hastily across his eyes as if sensible of a slight sudden pain in his head she became apprehensive she had given him more than was prudent for a first dose and that she would be betrayed presently however her fear subsided the colour returned to the cheeks of bernenza and the pain passed away uninterrupted gaiety then reigned to the end of supper until the lateness of the hour warned them separate from this eventful period victoria omitted no opportunity of administering insidious death to the unsuspicious berniza sometimes with the point of a small fruit knife which she retained about her for the purpose she introduced the baleful poison within the fruit while offering it to him on the point of her knife thus remorselessly rendering him to himself the dealer of his own death after once or twice the poison no longer took an immediately perceptible effect upon him the stomach becoming habituated no longer evinced resistless loathing as it received the gradual destruction which blending its baleful influence with its other juices was conveyed into the system at the expiration of eight or ten days a change scarcely marked by others but fully perceived by victoria became apparent in the hapless berniza the blood of his cheeks which on first taking the poison vanished back for a few moments seemed as by repeated checks to have become more languid in its circulation and tinged them no longer as formerly with the vermilion hue of health a kind of tremendousness began to possess his nerves and a dry but faint cough gave frequent symptoms that the mischief had begun to work satisfied with these appearances on the evening of the tenth day for the eagerness of victoria now that she had commenced her dreadful plan had not suffered an atom of the poison to remain beyond she sought as previously agreed zofloya in the appointed spot when she arrived she perceived him not 
already her dark mind became suspicious of the delay zofia zofia she cried in an under voice where art thou here replied a voice like the sweet murmuring sound of an aeolian harp swept by the breath of the zephyr and turning she beheld at her side the towering figure of the moor she had not seen neither had she heard his approach and ashamed of the doubts she had felt and the impatience she had evinced she could not as his commanding eyes looked down upon her for the moment speak well beautiful victoria he said behold me here and suffer me now to ask does hope begin to cheer your long benighted bosom oh answered victoria i entertain hope the fond hope sophia that i shall have good cause to mark the day when irresistibly impelled by the kind of sympathy of thy manner i confided to thee the cause of my sorrows and i too signora shall have proud cause to mark that day for it gave to the unworthy slave zofia the most beautiful and enterprising of her sex it gave thee my friendship indeed zofia said victoria slightly surprised it gave thee my gratitude not myself for i am irrevocably as thou knowest devoted to another be not offended beautiful victoria nor let us waste the precious moments in defining terms for the signor enriquez to whom i am obedient for your sweet sake alone requires my presence were it not for you sophia would no longer appear in a character unfitting his state the character of a menial and what would you then generous sophia for sure you were the attendant of henriquez ere i became known to you were you otherwise than you are fair victoria i should not now be here is it even so then i am indeed indebted to you most excellent moor for the sacrifices which you make to my service and never never can i sufficiently repay you you will you do repay me kind signora but time wastes let me now give what you require the second powder for he concluded his meaning with a smile then taking the box from his pocket he drew forth a second powder but from a different division and presenting it to victoria he said this powder is a degree more powerful than the last you will administer it the same and the effects will be proportionately increased this likewise will last you ten days and in that time you will observe in berniza the flame of life become fainter and fainter to all around his illness will wear the appearance of languor and gentle decay no one will suspect death to be at hand by you some 
cold cot and unnoticed at the time must be fondly alluded to and suggested as the cause by tenderness and unlimited attention by soothing and consolation you must shut his eyes on the danger of his situation and administer with your poison the fallious hope that his constitution will triumph over the cureless malady so that no advice and if possible not any medicines may be resorted to lest they should counteract or retard the workings of his delicate enemy you will thus behold him perishing away like the rose which carries the canker worm hidden in its heart or the tree that blasted by the lightning can never more recover its verdure the moor paused but victoria appearing violently agitated as if overcome by some sudden thought or recollection remained silent her uneasiness was not unobserved by zophia but he only gazed upon her without inquiring the cause leaving it to herself to reveal the workings of her mind at length fixing her eyes upon his countenance she said in a hurried voice Sophia, venice will never do for the seat of action it will be folly it will be madness to make the attempt such an undertaking as ours if crowned by success will prove ultimate destruction know you not know you not Zophia, that nothing can remain concealed from il consigo de dici but you commit no crime against the state signora you are no heretic true but the pretend accusation for these crimes are frequently the vehicles of punishment for other offences hatred suspicion or malice conveys an anonymous line into the lion's mouth the familiars of the holy inquisition are everywhere and though summoned before its awful tribunal upon false grounds the torture soon wrests from you a confession of these offences of those offences of which you have been really guilty no sophia the attainment of my object avails me nothing if destruction follows the momentary triumph well signora though i think that your fears magnify the danger yet the alternative which occurs is easy persuade the comte to quit venice but whither to go she said with an embarrassed air all italy is equally dangerous zophia made an impatient gesture as if to reprove the hesitation of victoria after a moment she resumed i have heard berniza speak of torre alto it is the name of a castle appertaining to him which is situated among the apennines a retirement there would at least suit your purpose the prying steps of curiosity will not follow you 
and discovery cannot reach you but should berniza object as i have hitherto done to a temporary removal thither then can you adduce a thousand reasons a desire for solitude a wish to visit a eighty-one thirty you have never yet seen or lastly a suggestion that change of air and situation might speedily restore his health it shall be so zophia pity the distraction of a wretch whose mind is rendered imbecile by misery and who of herself is incapable of an effort towards her own happiness aided and advised by thee i may command success the moor smiled your fate your fortune fair signora will be of your own making i am but the humble tool the slave of your wishes your cooperation with me can alone render me powerful but fly me disdain my assistance and despise my friendship i sink abashed into myself and am powerless farewell signora i have already stayed too long for the present you need me no more abruptly then zophia turned away and quitted the presence of victoria who took her steps musingly towards the house at supper soon as with wine and conversation the spirits of berniza became joyous and elevated she artfully seized an opportunity of introducing the subject nearest her heart she spoke of terra alto and expressed a desire to visit its sublime solitudes professing herself to be still further influenced from the flattering presumption looking tenderly at berniza as she made the assertion that change of atmosphere and a more elevated situation might be a means of bracing his nerves and restoring him to his pristine health whatever the tender and unsuspicious berniza believed it was enough for him that victoria expressed the wish for him unhesitatingly to comply with it while the welcome but fallacious hope pressed upon his heart that devoted to love and him and desirous to prove to him that she was so she abandoned without regret the vain pleasures and amusements of the voluptuous city for a solitude no longer unpleasing to her charmed at this return to reason and rationality he fondly pursued himself that the evening of his days would close like the brilliant beauty of a western sky declining into the shadows of night fearful even that her purpose might change he expatiated on the beauty the situation of his castella and desirous to offer every possible allurement to her perseverance he entreated that henrique his fair mistress and her ancient protectress would be of the intended party to this henrique who fondly loved his brother readily acquiesced and ventured to promise 
for lilla and the signora as with a smile he looked towards them to depreciate to deprecate the possibility of a refusal victoria perceiving in the hapless bernicia such unhoped-for eagerness in coincidence with her plan artfully forbore to press the subject further but her alarm being awakened lest the relation of lilla should object to the journey and thereby an idea that was not endurable detain henrique in venice she exerted the fascination of her kindness towards her and observed with seeming pleasure as if the point of her acquiescence had settled what infinite benefit would in all probability result to her own health in consequence of the salubrious change the poor old signora did not exactly think so but it was enough that victoria condescended to say it and to direct towards her unusual attention for her not to hesitate besides as self-love is no less inherent in age than youth she felt no little gratification in being deemed of sufficient consequence for solicitation all preliminaries being speedily arranged it was agreed ere they rose from table that the following day should only intervene for the conclusion of some necessary preparations and that on the subsequent morning they would take their departure from the gay city of venice for the castella del toro alto among the apennines end of chapter twenty one recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c